Goedenavond, greetings, especially to you, my friend. Welkom weer eens by die watergat. Ek is Peter Warren en ek nooi jou uit om my gouwe uur saam te keier hier langs die levende waters van God. We are talking about perseverance, enduring, holding on to Jesus through fires and storms of life, even when we feel we have no more strength. I want to tell you some stories today of just how Jesus shepherds us through life. Before we get started, let's just open in a word of prayer. Now, Father, we, we bring this time to you. We thank you for this opportunity to sit at your feet, Jesus. Would you please speak to us? You are our good shepherd. I pray, Jesus, that you speak into our lives. Holy Spirit, would you come and give effect to this word of God? Would you restore our souls, revive us, lift our drooping spirits, refresh those who need refreshing, and those who are doing well? Lord, may we just give you all our praise and glory today. So come, Holy Spirit, we submit willingly to your leadership, to the glory of God the Father. Amen. Sure, Jesus, our shepherd, in our persevering. We said in our last message that Jesus is always at our side, ready, willing, and able to help. I've always pictured it something like this, a dad teaching his young child to ride a bicycle. And dad runs just behind the child, arms outstretched, watching every move, ready to catch and save at any time. I see Jesus shepherding me something like that. There are times in my walk where I get very wobbly and Jesus is there. You know, when I was newly saved, I constantly felt God's presence like pins and needles, like a heavy weight on my shoulders, a breathlessness. I even felt his breath on my cheek. But as the years rolled by, I came to learn that the righteous shall live by faith and not by sight, by faith and not by feelings. And beloved, I'm sure you know that these are hard, painful lessons. I learned that my walk with the Lord is a long, steady one, interspersed here and there with encounters with Him. Exactly those times when I was falling, He came through for me every single time. I have come to know and trust that He is at my side. He's not far off somewhere. He's here with me, in the pit, in the palace, in the prison. Even when I can't feel him here. My question to you, beloved, where are you today? I want to focus on Psalm 23. Obviously, by now you know 
It's one of my favorites. And I want to tell you some stories on how Jesus is our ever-present good shepherd, constantly watching the sheep, constantly aware if they need self anointing or dipping or protection and knowing exactly what kinds of feed they need for what seasons and situations he leads them into. For it is he who is leading us. Sometimes, of course, through bad decision-making, we find ourselves in all kinds of trouble. But even then, he is there to shepherd, to protect, to provide, to deliver, and to lead. What a wonderful shepherd. This beautiful psalm was written by David, who himself worked as a shepherd in his young days. He was writing to rural agricultural people who would easily understand his ideas and concepts about shepherd and sheep. The main feel of the psalm is David looking with joy, admiration and pride at Jesus and saying, wow, look at him. What a good shepherd he is. David describes him as our provider. I shall not want. You prepare a table for me. As our guide, he leads me. Our savior, he restores my soul. Our assurance, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Our comforter, your rod and staff, they comfort me. Our eternal refuge, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. He likens us to sheep. Why? Well, sheep are quarrelsome, incompetent, wandering, and silly. They have no direction. They easily get lost and can't find their way home. Sheep are defenseless. They have no defensive claws or teeth and they cannot hide away. Sheep are awkward. They have no balance because of their thin legs, and they are easily bumped over or fall over. Sheep get very dirty. They cannot clean themselves. The shepherd has to do this. So let's begin to look at the psalm one line at a time, and I pray that the Holy Spirit will give us a fresh revelation today of these concepts of Jesus, our shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. A minister once taught an illiterate shepherd boy to count off these words, one word for each finger of his left hand, starting with his thumb. The shepherd was found frozen to death in the mountains the next day. Apparently he'd gone off looking for one of the sheep that wandered away and he froze to death in the snow. He was found with his right hand tightly gripping the fourth finger of his left hand. In his dying pain, the, Lord, the, the boy had started with his thumb as he'd been taught and he'd gone 
word by word, by finger by finger. And in his dying pain, the boy was resting in the truth. The Lord is my. And that's where he died. Shepherd, my. He is your personal saviour, beloved. He loves you as if there is no one else to love. The second line, I shall not want. After World War II, many orphans were found and put into Red Cross orphanages. Although every day they had enough food, shelter and love, they would not, could not fall asleep at night. They were fearful that although they had enough for today, tomorrow was going to bring more damage. And they just could not settle. Somebody decided to give each child a half loaf of bread every night. And what happened? The orphans held on to the bread tightly and peacefully went to sleep. The bread gave them confidence for tomorrow. Our good shepherd tells us in Matthew 6:25, This is why I tell you to never be worried about your life, for all that you need will be provided, such as food, water, clothing, everything your body needs. Isn't there more to your life than a meal? Isn't your body more than clothing? Refuse to worry about tomorrow, but deal with each challenge that comes your way one day at a time. Tomorrow will take care of itself. Beloved, we need to understand and settle the issue now that we will still face trouble. All God's people do. We need to settle the fact once and for all that God is interested in our character, not our comfort. Adversity, tough times, is to character what fire is to iron. Fire tempers, tempers iron into steel. John 16:33. And everything I've taught you is so that the peace which is in me will be in you and will give you great confidence as you rest in me. For in this unbelieving world, you will experience trouble and sorrows, but you must be courageous, for I have conquered the world. We know that no matter what the circumstances, the overcomer is with us, our champion, and we shall not want. Axel Nux on Whatever I need to do to fulfill the purpose God has put me on this planet, that I shall have. Kom ons luister as bykie muziek en dan praat ons verder. Welcome back. You tuned to the Watering Hole on At Radio. I'm Peter Warren. And here is my commitment as a Christian. I'm part of the fellowship of the unashamed. I have Holy Spirit power. 
The die has been cast. I've stepped over the line. The decision is made. I am his disciple. I will not look back, let up, slow down, back away, or be still. My past is redeemed. My presence makes sense. My future is secure. I'm done with low living, sick sight walking, small planning, smooth knees, colorless dreams, tame visions, worldly talking, cheap giving, and dwarfed goals. I no longer need preeminence, prosperity, position, promotions, or popularity. I don't have to be right, or first, or recognized, or praised, or noticed, or rewarded. I now live by faith. I lean on His presence. I walk by patience. I am uplifted by prayer, and I labor by His power. My face is set. My steps are fast. My goal is heaven. My road is narrow. My way is rough. My companions are few. My guide, reliable. My mission, clear. I cannot be bought, compromised, detoured, lured away, turned back, deluded or delayed. I will not flinch in the face of sacrifice or negotiate at the table of the enemy. I will not ponder at the pool of popularity or meander in the maze of mediocrity. I won't give up, shut up, let up until I have stayed up, stored up, prayed up, paid up, preached up for the cause of Christ. I am a disciple of Jesus. I must go on till he comes. I give till I drop. I preach till everybody knows. And I work until he stops me. And when he comes for his own, he will have no problem recognizing me, for my banner will be clearly displayed. Wow. Tough call, eh? May God give us that. Kom ons luister, bykie musiek, en dan gesels ons verder. Welcome back to the Watering Hole. I'm Peter Warren. Uh, we are taking Psalm 23, one line at a time, as we look at our beautiful Good Shepherd. The next line, he makes me lie down in green pastures. Now, beloved, sheep only lie down if there is no friction in their flock, if there are no parasites bothering them, and if they are not hungry nor afraid of danger. But in all these cases, the presence and the anointing of their shepherd settles them and calms them down. And the same applies to us as believers. 
friction in the church, demonic attack, inadequate feeding on the word, and anxiety about the future, all prevent us from lying down and resting securely in our Savior's love. You see, hunger is a huge issue for sheep. The shepherd has to very carefully invest much time, labor, skill, and money to prepare their grazing. He pulls out rocks, he prepares the soil, plants exactly the right grazing, containing the right grasses and herbs that they need for that season. Our good shepherd does exactly the same for us. He clears our lives of stony unbelief. He removes roots of bitterness. He plows up the hardness of our hearts. And he sows good seed so that we too then can lie down in peace and confidence and rest in him. The next line He restores my soul and guides me in the paths of righteousness. Other translations use the following phrases. He restores my failing health. He gives me new strength. He refreshes my life. The Passion Translation says, He offers a resting place for me in His luxurious love. His tracks take me to an oasis of peace, the quiet brook of bliss. You see, we can restore our bodies through rest, exercise, the right diet, and holidays. We can restore our minds through leisure, good books, and good fellowshipping. And we can restore our relationships through caring and forgiving. But only our Good Shepherd can restore our souls. Only He can restore the damage caused by sin, neglect and lack of worship. Only by His grace can we be saved. Only by His blood can we be cleansed. On this point, beloved, I don't know where you're at today, but the Lord does, and He will meet you where you are, where you're at. If you are in need of restoration today, there are several things you need to do from your side. Number one, you must repent. Regret is not enough. Remorse is not enough. Number two, We must forgive others. If we will not forgive, we destroy the very bridge that we need to cross over to get to heaven. Number three, we must forgive ourselves. C.S. Lewis, the writer, said, I think that if God forgives us, we must forgive ourselves. Otherwise, It is almost like setting ourselves up as a higher court than God himself. 
And point number four, we must get forward vision. Proverb 29.18 tells us that without vision, we will perish. We cast off all restraint, our boundaries are gone, and uh, we just run crazy. So, leaving behind past hurts, failures, etc., we must set our sights on what lies ahead. The Passion Translation says we need to attach our hearts to the future. I love that. Where the future goes, I go with it. Fresh vision, new goals. Even baby steps are great, beloved. Baby steps. Baby steps. When we find ourselves in need of serious restoration, our situation can be likened to a sheep that has become cast on its side. Being cast is deadly for a sheep. The toxins build up inside it and it dies. There are various things that cause sheep to be cast. Can you relate to some of these in your own walk in church or with other Christians or other people? Here are the things that cause a sheep to be cast. Number one, they snuggle down into a cozy, comfortable hollow in the grass. And then they get so comfortable, they can't get out of their comfort zone. They have, number two, they have too much wool carrying too heavy a load. If we focus too much on possessions and not enough on service, we are carrying too heavy a load. In the Old Testament, wool is a symbol of pride. Nothing that was made of wool was allowed in the Holy of Holies. Pride in the presence of God will not be found in the same place. Point number three, they get cast because they are too fat. We need to exercise through works of service, making ourselves useful to the king. We need to do the good works God has planned for us in advance, planned for us to do. That's why he prunes us for more fruitfulness. John 15, he cares for the branches connected to me by lifting and propping up the fruitless branches and pruning every fruitful branch to yield a greater harvest. He prunes us for fruitfulness and he disciplines us for more productivity. Now all discipline seems painful, not joyful, Hebrews 12:11. But later it produces the fruit of peace and righteousness for those trained by it. And the last point is because they get bumped over by a bigger, heavier, stronger sheep. Somebody contesting for ministry fame in the church. Some heavier, heavyweight sheep. Other Christians can offend or hurt us so deeply that our wind is clean, knocked out of us, we lose our footing. Now all of these things 
can cause us to die. Comfort zone, pride, too fat, too offended, too hurt. Kom ons luister bykie muziek en dan praat ons verder. Welkom terug by die watergat. Ek is Peter Wan en jy is ingeskakel op At Radio. We are looking one line at a time at Psalm 23 as we gaze upon our beautiful Good Shepherd. The next line, you anoint my head with oil. Sheep need to be anointed with linseed oil and sulfur. This brings immediate relief from the flies that irritate their noses, their eyes and their ears. Our shepherd anoints us with the Holy Spirit and this brings relief and joy that we would again sing and rejoice, making music and giving thanks. Ephesians 5 verse 18 Do not get drunk with wine, which is debauchery, but be filled by the Spirit, speaking to one another in psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs, singing and making music in your hearts to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for each other in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Sometimes our shepherd uses his anointing oil to scrub our heads and to scrub our ears, to clean them from scabs of head-butting other sheep and from listening to gossip. Hey, the next line, my cup overflows. The shepherd would pull up a bucket from the well absolutely full to the brim so that the sheep could drink easily from it, completely satisfying. In the same way, we should drink from our shepherd's cup. John 4.14 But whoever drinks some of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. But the water that I will give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up to eternal life. You know, beloved, there are times when when we need to just go and sit somewhere and just ask the Lord to refill you and just maybe sit with his favorite scripture or let the Holy Spirit bring one to memory. But just receive just drink, just absorb, by faith, appropriate, iron it on yourself too. We need to have those times of refreshing. We get so poured out in the rush of life. Now it seems David was middle-aged when he wrote this psalm. He looked back and confidently could say, my shepherd has cared for me. He has restored and guided me. He has anointed my head with oil and he has caused my cup to overflow. 
Beloved, look over your back. Look over your shoulder at all the things the Lord has brought you through. He hasn't brought you this far just to drop you now. Amazing grace will bring you home. He has promised he will present you spotless before the Father. And then David could look forward into the next part of his life and with this equal confidence he could say, And surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Our destination is the house of the Lord. You see, what's important in our walk is not how you start, but how well you finish. You need to finish strong. You need to finish strong. I always tell you, you are designed for victory, not for defeat. Jesus is preparing a place for you and me in his Father's house, and then he will come to fetch us his bride. Just like the Jewish groom of old, he prepares a home attached to his father's house and then he uh, comes to the bride's house to fetch his bride and Jesus coming to fetch us. Our greatest assurance is that the shepherd will bring us safely to our promised destination. Psalm 23, 4 even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Billy Graham told the story of a young woman critically injured in a motor car accident. As she lay dying in her mother's arms, she was heard to say, Mommy, you taught me how to dress. You taught me how to be ladylike. You taught me how to conduct myself and hold a glass of wine. But you never taught me how to die. Beloved, there is only one way to die. In the company of the shepherd. I heard Bill Gator's wife say one day about ministering to the dying she said I hold their hand on this side until Jesus takes it on the other side the Pulitzer Prize winning author William Saroyan commented just before his death as follows he said everybody has to die but I have always believed an exception would be made in my case. Now what do I do? He asked. Well, the Christian can say with confidence, there are many things about tomorrow that I do not understand. But I know who holds tomorrow. And I know he holds my hand. Come on. He's right beside you. Ed McCulley said this, When the time comes to die, 
Make sure that's all you have to do. You got business to conduct with the Lord before that. Do it. You don't know. I, I, I always see a, a long queue of millions of people walking towards their death. And I don't know where I am in that queue. My, my turn might be next. You don't know either, beloved. Let us rejoice again as we read every line of the psalm. You can read it. This is what the psalm says. Perfect security. Perfect satisfaction. Perfect rest. Perfect refreshment. Perfect healing. Perfect guidance. Perfect confidence. Perfect companionship. Perfect assurance. Perfect provision. Perfect acceptance. Perfect joy. Perfect care. And finally, perfect destiny. How perfect is our God? How perfect is our Good Shepherd? As we get ready to pray now, I encourage you. The Lord knows where you're at, beloved. And he wants to be there with you and for you. Call out to him with an honest heart today. No matter how much you've messed up, no, no matter how far you've fallen, there's nothing you've done that he cannot forgive. And he wants you blessed. Is he testing you? Absolutely. Do you believe your life can change in one prayer time like this? Won't you make a life-changing decision today? Have you taken your eyes off the shepherd? Have you wandered away and you got caught in the thorns? Have you got cast and bumped over for whatever reason? I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would come and minister to us now, that you would bubble to the surface what we need to see. Tell us what we need to see and are not seeing. Tell us what we need to hear and are not hearing. We want to do right, think right, be right, live right. And so, beloved, invite the Lord into your situation, into your circumstances, into your depression, into your prison, even into your joyful house. Invite him. Lay hold of him today. Lay hold of him. He is your future. Attach your heart to the future. And more than anything, I'd thank him for what he is going to do in answer to this prayer today. Kom ons luister nog muziek en dan gaan ons bid. And now, Holy Spirit, please help us to pray now. Help us to be honest. We, Some of us, Lord, oh, 
Man, we all go through times where we need our souls to be restored. And Lord, we're all in different stages of different seasons now. We thank you that every season does pass and all things do come to an end. We thank you, Lord, that you're here with us today where we're at. We thank you, Jesus, our Good Shepherd, our Provider, our Guide, our Saviour, our Protector, our Assurance, our Hope, our Shelter, our Comforter, our Champion, our Eternal Refuge, our All in All, our Deliverer. We thank you for your meticulous attention to detail, shepherding us and helping us to persevere. We pray, Lord, would you strengthen and refresh us today. Would you come and bring your word to life in our hearts. Restore our souls as we drink deep of your living waters today. And my friend, if you sit in here, you've heard this message, you don't know Jesus as your Savior, you need to respond to a message like this. Don't let this message just drift off and be absorbed by the next program. You may need to go and sit somewhere and do business with Jesus. If you feel that you need to make right with God today, He's here, He's with you, He's waiting to hear your words. But you need to talk to Him. I don't want to put words in your mouth, but you can ask him if he's real to reveal it to you in a way that you will know it's true, that he's real and he lo loves you. And you might say to him something like, Lord, I've been living my life my way because I did not know about your way. But I ask you today to change my life. I believe you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you rose from the dead and you ascended into the heavens and you are coming to fetch your bride and I want to be part of that bride. So please forgive me all my wrongdoing even as I forgive everyone who's hurt me as I forgive myself for reacting the way I did and Lord, forgive me for accusing you when you weren't guilty. I ask you to save me today. Come into my life as my King, as my Savior, as my hope, as my champion, as my shelter, as my refresher. Come today. And now, Father, all of us thank you for your attention to detail in our lives. You are a perfect shepherd. Help us to understand and know what that means to us. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father God. Amen. And also, geliefdes fleet, 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 and noch a story is eight. 
Dankie weer eens vir die keier by die watergat. Until we meet again, be richly blessed. Lay hold of God with all that you have, because He is all that you need. As Peter won wat groet, to die volgende keer, sterkte na. And remember, you are writing the final chapter of your life. Go for it. God bless you.